Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! Untold terror in the deep, as our players survived an endless maze of traps and torment. Their trials earned them a devastating discovery. A teleporting man resembling Malthus Reed is alive and well. Or is he? Find out this week on Encounter Party! Lord Zetch directs the rest of the party to take cover. And he turns one last time to take a look at this black stone facade. Stretches out his hands, pops a number of joints in his wrists, elbows, and fingers, and sort of collapses into this contorted version of himself as he turns into a very large spider and slinks away into the darkness. And he crawls up the colonnades and around the windows and settles into a shadowy corner and watches and listens. As you peer into this ancient buried cathedral, you can see that the light is several lanterns illuminating some long-forgotten chamber. Frighteningly, this room is littered with zombies, far too many to take on your Standing in the center, above what looks to be a prostrated altar, is a rather tall Devkarin lich. And the first thing that clicks into your brain is, there's a bunch of zombies, there's a lich, what do they need the lanterns for? And you realize that somebody else is lying on the table, and the lich seems to be performing something upon that person. And you happen to spy the end of whatever this almost surgical procedure is. And the person sits up. And what you see is a man in his late 50s. His torso appears to be dead and rotted. But his arms and his legs and his head seem to be very well preserved. And you think you can barely spy a shining Selhana charm around the neck, similar to the one owned by Mixel. But it's very quickly buried under this human's long black beard with a single white streak. And he stands up off the table and he seems to be flexing his limbs and his hands and making sure that everything functions. And he confers with the lich, and things seem to be working well. And then he places his hand on the lich's shoulder, and with a blink, 
they're gone. And the zombies shuffle out the back. Lorzach returns to the party, the last of his pedipalps slurping back into his mouth as he resumes a devkar in shape. And he describes to the party what it was that he saw. One lich performing a ritual over the preserved, obviously undead body of a human. One with a long black beard with a white streak in it. And he describes how the undead human appears to be able to teleport at least himself and the lich away and out of the cathedral. Perix, could you please provide me with a history check with advantage? 23. That description immediately triggers in those recovered memories you have of Lazov and looks exactly like the person from the memories when he was conversing with Malthus Reed. Perix sort of floats out for a sec, like you just see him kind of disappear into his own mind, and then he comes back, and he says, that's exactly the man that I saw in Lazov's memory, and that man was Malthus Reed. Then he survived. He may have even commissioned the removal of his own head, but to what purpose and why? History check, Lorzach. 18. As soon as that question comes out of your mouth, you immediately retract it because there's only one other person on all of Ravnica who would possibly have the same pendant as the one Mixel was given to by his mother. And it is more likely than not that the remnant limbs of Malthus Reed are now attached to the lich torso that was Gerard Vodzov. Lorzach quietly pulls out the Silhana amulet that he took from Mixil back when they were at the enclave of Thrinvash and the other Devkaran. If that was Malthus Reed, his body is wearing an amulet identical to this one. Mixil said it was his mother's, and I can only believe that the body he's using is that of Gerard. And Lorzach, at a loss, looks to the rest of his party. What are we supposed to do now? Can we fight him? Him alone, perhaps. Him and all the zombies he commands, no. Lorzech replays what he saw in his mind. The mismatched body parts, the recognizable torso of his former guild leader, and the undead human in their midst, able to perform the type of ritual needed to bring Malthus Reed back as a lich. The assassination contracts. They were harvesting limbs. Enough to assemble a body not just for one, but two. Svogthos has been sealed for many ages, and all of its safeguards are absolutely meaningless to a master of teleportation. He may have already awakened the Perun. He may have had Svogthir build him his body. Deorath is Svogthir, and Lorzach turns and enters the cathedral. You're going to need somebody much stronger than you to get that stone slab open. 21. Uh, 21, yeah. With a heavy groan, this giant piece of stone gets shoved open, and you can feel that 
probably required the strength of many zombies to gain access to this place to begin with, and that nothing down here, no creature, no teratogen, no snake, no spider, could have opened this door on its own. They felt quite alone and quite secure in their secret hidey hole. Lozach approaches the altar where the ritual was performed. You see a great number of vials, magical focuses, and texts, all containing language and script, very understandably ancient and completely meaningless to anyone from this era, confirming a terrifying suspicion that anyone able to decipher or use these items must themselves be ancient. Would these be the things stolen from Gerard's office? They might be. Not an illogical thought. Perix or Lorzach, or Xenia even, or anyone. How hard are these things to replace? They're one of a kind. I say we take them. Uh, At this point, they're merely collectible. They are devoid of any important energy. Um, Let's get an Arcana check from Lorzach if he wants to use it. Unfortunately, none of you are are Golgari. Can I assist with my Supreme Arcana-ness? I'm going to say no, only because this is specifically... This is a proprietary magic. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a guild exclusive. You got to join if you want the benefits. You're not you're not from the Golgari region of France, so you can't officially call this. <laughs> it's a, it's just sparkling necromancy. To you. Uh, yeah. Um Lorzach examines these items just a little bit closer and rolls an 18. I think that's high enough to have one basic comprehension. Something has been sitting in your stomach for several days now about if you'd have just killed Gerard, he'd just come back to life at his phylactery. That's how liches happen, right? That's the theoretical plan here with what they're doing with other dimensions. You put the phylactery in another dimension, doesn't matter where you are, where you die. In theory, you'll just respawn back at your home. But if they used his items... If they transferred his energy, if they stole his essence and stole parts of his undead body, he's not actually died in a lichdom sense. He's just been taken. He's been replaced. Unfortunately, you know to be true, even if you don't want to say it out loud, through some ancient magic, Zvogthir, who was known as Deoreth, has managed to steal Gerard's lichdom for Malthus Reed. The two remaining conspirators are now whole liches. And while your initial idea of the phylactery was very comprehensive, now the terrifying question is, why did a man of the Izzet League, who had everything lined up, need to go through so much complicated effort for this? Nazav had to extract his own memories to avoid being dominated by Merit Lage. Is Malthus Reed able to avoid the same fate by rearranging his corpus in this manner? Does he become a free agent, able to enact his own will 
through Merit Lage? Is that his hope? Is that Sfogthir's hope? What better way to enact retribution than to raise Ravnica to the ground? The Obsidon had no fear of Merit Lage because they were beyond her mental control. As we say, death is not an end. Then again, their arrogance has hardly been foolproof. Uh, Lorzach shuffles around this chamber. Anything else he can find. Uh, they did not have any of Gerard's tools with them when they departed. No. But there's nothing in the cathedral now. Nope. Looks like they were using this as a base for whatever reason. With nothing to go on besides one massive and terrifying revelation about who is actually in play, Lorzach will take a gander at the path the zombies took when they exited the cathedral. Where did they go? There seems to be more tunnelage leading out the back of the remnants of the cathedral as you realize that most of this structure has been long since buried and forgotten. I think we should follow the shambling hordes and see how deep this warren goes. Uh, Perix will voice a thought as we start to wander and quietly that we have two liches seemingly constructed through body part harvesting and that would imply, from what we know about body part harvesting, that at least one of them can breathe underwater and one of them can fly. Xenia just feels at a loss. Uh, you know, when they all started out, this seemed like something new and intriguing to distract herself. And now she's faced with two liches and a horde of zombies. And she's feeling incredibly small. Standard marching order? Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. In an ironic mirror of what you are pursuing, the five of you shuffle out the back of this abandoned tomb. And just as you cross the threshold, leaving the light of the lanterns behind you, you feel a terrifyingly deep tremor. As you continue to shamble forward, deeper and deeper into the under-under city, you know that because of that bone pit, there ain't no going back. And the only way forward is to hope that these zombies are in some way leading somewhere, knowing that if you can get out, they can get out. And as you continue marching, you hear a large collective moaning. And much like the insects around the Matka's temple, that moaning continues to grow louder and louder and louder, incomprehensibly loud. As with each growing decibel, your brain tries to calculate just how many of these things could be up in front of you. You are all near immediately deaf. Impossible to communicate with each other audibly. However, you can also tell that with that much noise, your approach is probably seriously masked. Are we maintaining any lights? No. So Lauren takes a fistful of Perix's robe. You continue pressing forward. I actually need constitution saving throws. It's that oppressively loud. Plus five, everybody. Nat 20. 23. 21. 16. 12. As we continue moving forward, 
the density in the air increases, and you turn another corner as the underground before you opens up into a large, swirling basin. What you see could very well make you give up right now. As stretched out before you, impossible to count, are tens of thousands of zombies amassed into a carved out underground basin about the size of a football stadium. And at the center of this literal army of zombies, you see teleporting in the distant forms of Zvogthir and Malthus Reed. And what you think you can see is Zvogthir taking a step to the side and giving Malthus Reed a chance to test out his new lichdom powers. And after closing his eyes, and you see a dark green energy swirl inside the chest of the former guildmaster, Malthus Reed reaches his hands to the sky, grips both of his fists, and with great effort pulls an imaginary force down from the ceiling. Everyone please make a dexterity saving throw. 18. 16. 6. 22. 12. The target is 17. Shit. Anyone who fails is thrown to the ground violently, as from through the ceiling, a giant corpse of a worm comes ripping down, creating a giant tunnel awaiting into this arm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now, with this gaping tunnel that we can presume leads straight to the top side of Ravnica, tens of thousands of zombies begin rushing their way forward, scrambling to climb their way to the sky. And Malthus Reed and Zvogthir once again blink away. As most of you have been knocked to the ground, paralyzed by what you have just witnessed, waiting for safety, you are now left alone in a cavernous well. Your only company is the corpse of a worm. An overwhelming feeling of dread and helplessness and hopelessness has come across Parrax. But it's not in his nature to give up. It's in his nature to fight till he dies. And he closes his eyes and reaches his mind out to Tajik, who when we left behind said we would warn him if ever we had any information he could use and say, found Deareth, thousands of zombies coming. Prepare for war. Two liches lead them. I feel pity for the Blade of the Legion having to interpret that jumble of words. <laughs> I only get so many. Uh, yep. And he's allowed to respond in kind if he would like. At the moment, you hear no response. We have to get topside. Yes. We, we have no choice here. We have to get topside. Now, we can't go back, which means we are heading for the hole made by the dead worm. March up, let's go. 
Is the corpse of the worm still animated? It's lying there. Uh, and so is Lorzach for a minute. After he's thrown to the ground and he watches his newly resurrected guild founder and the mastermind of the conspiracy that's stolen him from his home for the better part of half a year escape to parts unknown to enact their unknown plans, Lorzach wonders for a second if he can't just stay right here, at least for a while. And as the party mills around him, forces himself to his feet, about as tired as he's ever felt, and forces his way towards the passage that leads topside. Parrix follows, saying very little. There's no tactics. There's no planning that he can even possibly think of. What he can think of is giving up isn't an option, and he has no idea what not giving up looks like. So he walks. The car leads. She's been given a rank now. She's been through absolute hell. And at this point, she will be damned if something like this takes her down with her friends. So she leads the way. Perix does inform Fakara that he has warned Tajik. He heard nothing back, but we've done what we can there. Good. Zenia began this adventure very critical, very capricious, just enjoying creation and destruction, storms. And by traveling this far with this party and seeing everything that she's seen, she has grown into a completely different creature than she knew. Her ability to feel now is incredibly overwhelming. So rather than not speaking to the group because she's distracted by something, she is now not speaking because she's so overwhelmed with fear, with determination, with confusion, with desperation, she cannot find the words to express herself. Saloran lives in a world of black and white. Before this group, he only thought people would follow through with their word, with a contract to back it up. Seeing them push forward, without the provocation of the binding words they made, makes him realize that there's something in their spirit beyond ink and paper. He nods a nod that they don't see and follows behind them, taking up the rear. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And as you approach the hole, the corpse stirs, and a giant... Undead Rotworm rises before you. Roll initiative. Fuck yeah, I can't wait to kill a fucking worm. This size gargantuan undead corpse of a worm, something you've barely been able to survive in the days past, rises up before you in this massive underground soon-to-be tomb for one of you. Fakara, you're first to act. Yes! So Fakara's going to take her super shiny new Sunforger hammer, and she's going to just hurl it at the worm, and it needs to make a DC 15 deck save, please. 
I mean, <laughs> it's a big giant worm. I don't know where it could possibly escape to. Uh, natural 20. Uh, it'll still take half damage because the Sun Forger explodes. It will take 11 fire damage. Yeah. After hurling the Sun Forger at it, I will rush towards it and take my bonus action to hit it with my horns for a 15. 15 does not hit. All right, good to know. And then I will take action surge to hit it with... I will not take action surge. So, this is a corpse. First time throwing the Sun Forger. You happen to throw it straight through a big zombie hole, but it does explode, dealing some internal fire damage. Even though it's a corpse, it's big. It still has that naturally thick armor, and wailing on it, not anywhere near what you're hoping it would be. Xenia. Xenia conjures an image of her beloved fire mind and uses that fire of devotion to her master to create a wall of flames that encircles the gigantic worm. Please make a dexterity saving throw. A two. You fail. The worm takes 19 points worth of fire damage. Yeah. Perix. Perix, seeing this undead worm in front of him, seeing the explosion from Fakara and the flame from Xenia, curses that his initiative roll was not higher and casts Elemental Bane on the undead worm. Would it please make a constitution saving throw? That's a 28. Yeah, it, uh, fine. Uh, and Perix will shift around to the left. Silorin. Salorn mutters a quick prayer, using a bonus action to cast Shield of Faith on himself, which boosts his AC to 22, and he's going to dash to the worm. And that's my turn. The worm, gargantuan in sides, slinks around to the side, possibly provoking attacks of opportunity, possibly not. As it moves, I will need Vikara, Salorin, Lorzach, and Perix to make dexterity saving throws. Fakara and Saloran plus five. Yes. 13. 17. 23. Nine. The target is 20. Those of you who fail fall prone, are unable to make reactions such as attacks of opportunity, and will take 14 bludgeoning damage. And then it slinks over towards Lorzach, passing through the Wall of Flame. And as it does so, it takes 24 more points of fire damage. Oh, hello. It also takes an attack of opportunity from Saloran, who got over a 20. Correct. 24 to hit. Yeah. Wow, you guys pack a punch right now. 12 piercing damage. Yeah. The worm will then arc down and bite at the prone figure of Lorzach. For a 23, you will get chomped for 19 piercing damage. And please make a DC 20 dexterity saving throw. Nope. In horror, you guys see this massive rot worm coil around, bend down, and with one move, chomp and swallow Lorzach. For the moment, 
you are blinded and restrained. It is now your turn. You have total cover against attacks and other effects outside the worm. At the beginning of your turn, you will take eight acid damage from the inside of its rotten gut. You're up. I can attempt to escape at the end of the turn. No. Better hope your friends can bust you out. You said he's restrained? You are restrained. But he can still cast spells. You can still cast spells. Lord Zatch, inside the gut of this worm, mutters something in Devkarin and pulls down a searing shaft of light upon himself, but trapped as he is within the innards of this worm, it sears its outer carapace. And will it please make a constitution saving throw? A 25. And it will take 12 radiant damage. Takes 12 radiant damage. And as a bonus action, Lorzach is going to heal himself a tiny bit. Okay. Fikara. All right, so half movement to stand up. Yes. Uh, bonus action, I will give Bardic Inspiration to Siloran. We've got this, comrade. And then I will also yell, back to me. And the Warhammer will appear back in Fakara's hand. Groovy. Xenia, you're up. Xenia saw the worm swallow her compatriot whole and is so powerful now that even the tiniest friction from a single rub of her hands creates a deadly lightning bolt that she carefully casts at the worm. <laughs> well, I see five sixes. <laughs> that worm will take 43 points worth of lightning damage. Oh my god. Oh my After taking a blast of lightning, the worm recoils, and out of a newly formed hole in its torso, the Devkaran elf Lorzach comes slipping out and lands prone directly in front of the worm. It's like the world's worst slip and slide. (laughs) It's pretty gross. Perix! Perix just went through a roller coaster in the last... 12 seconds. He he was knocked prone, turned to his side, saw a worm eat his friend, was convinced Lorzach was dead for all of half a second until a moonbeam hit the worm and then there was a lightning bolt and then Lorzach came back. And honestly, Perix is feeling a little emotional about whatever happened. So he clambers to his feet and thinks, you know what, Xenia? I think you've got a good idea. And lightning energy crackles up through his whole body and he launches a lightning bolt straight through the worm for another dexterity saving throw, please. 18. That is the number to hit. <laughs> But I'm casting this one at a fifth level. For what would have been 46, but is 23 but is lightning, 23 lightning damage. damage. Great. You don't get points for what would have been. Sure I do. The only person I need to impress is myself. <laughs> That's right. That's a life lesson for all of us. Siloran, you're up. Siloran hears Fakara's words of encouragement and s- smiles underneath his helmet and says, I know we do and charges the worm. He attacks with Bardic Inspiration and channeling Divine Guidance. (laughs) If you don't know, I I really want this to hit. (laughs) Does a 26 hit? Ooh, yeah. Saloran, knowing that this thing is undead, is going to hit it with a divine smite with a third level spell slot. 
That means 6d8 of damage. Could have been a bit better, but that's okay. 7 piercing. 22 points of radiant damage. He rears back and swings again with the Morning Star. Does a 17 hit? No. And that'll be my turn. Fikara, Solorin, Perix, and Lorzach with disadvantage. Please make a dexterity saving throw as the worm goes rippling more around the room. Not 20. Yeah. 21. Nine. 20. The target is 20. Those of you who failed will take seven bludgeoning damage, will become or remain prone, will be unable to take reactions as the worm beelines onto that cute little is it Vidalkin towards the back. Oh, shit. Uh, on its way out, it will suffer moonbeam and an attack of opportunity. Constitution is 17. And it will take nine radiant damage. I rolled a 22 to hit. It hits. Seven piercing damage. Xenia, Mm. this giant undead maw looms over you, striking you for a 21. Yep, that'll hit. You will take 22 piercing damage as you are chomped And please make a dexterity saving throw. Thirteen. Utter horror befalls you as you see your Izzet companion swallowed by the worm. Shit. After the worm, Lorzach, it is your turn. Lorzach struggles to his feet. As an action, repositions the moonbeam to keep it trained on the undead worm. Repositions himself and as a bonus action, pours some healing energy back into his own body. Will the worm make a constitution saving throw? 16. (laughs) The worm takes 32 radiant damage. Alrighty. Top of the order, Fikara. Yes. So I'm gonna bonus action to click my boots, run to the worm, and... Go ahead and attack with both of my maces. So that is going to be a 29 and like a 27. Both hit. All right. That makes me real happy. This one is going to be 10 bludgeoning. And the other one will be, yeah, boy, 12 bludgeoning. Got it. Xenia, at the beginning of your turn from inside the gut of this rot worm... You will take 18 acid damage. Yowza. Despite the damage being done to Xenia, for some reason, this worm's stomach is acting kind of like a thunder jacket. And so Xenia feels incredibly calm. She's not worried. She knows she's going to get out. She went on a nice little slide down the gullet. She's encased in this filmy, rubbery organ. And so she decides to go with something she feels pretty good about, but not throwing all her big bucks in one spell. And she decides to press her hands against the inside of the worm's stomach and cast burning hands to try and get herself out. Will you make a dexterity saving throw, please? 19. It does say 
save, but you're still going to take some damage. You will take nine points of fire damage. Taken. Perix. So, Xenia is inside the worm. Perix is very close to the worm, doesn't like it. So Perix turns, seeing a worm right near him and knowing Xenia's inside, backs the hell up. And while he's backpedaling, he is summoning that massive ball of boiling water that he rises over his head and he throws like he's in an episode of Dragon Ball Z to land on this side of the worm so it doesn't hit Fakara and splash a buttload of boiling water all over that worm. Dexterity saving throw, please. 19. That's fine. Two types of damage I can do right now. you're really good at saving your guests. With halved damage, you take 22 points of fire damage. It looks bloodied. Oh no. <laughs> but so like, but also HP. not not bloodied because it's undead. It looks gooey. It looks Ugh. gooey. Silorin. Silorin is getting real sick of this thing already. Hits it, it runs away. Hits it, it runs away. Gonna run towards it again. <laughs> Getting real sick of playing the same game, so he plays the game. Smacks it with his Morning Star. Twenty-one to hit. Yeah. Uses Divine Smite with a level one spell slot. Because it is undead, it will trigger another D8 of damage. Fourteen piercing damage, plus seventeen radiant damage. Shaloran rears back with his Morning Star, feeling good, and lays in again. 22 to hit. Hits again with Divine Smite. That is eight piercing damage plus 22 points of radiant damage. And that is my turn. The worm beginning its turn in a moonbeam will make a constitution saving throw. A 23. The worm will take 14 radiant damage. As the worm then repositions itself with Xenia still inside, I need... Fikara, Silorin, and Perix to make dexterity saving throws. You get a plus five, Fikara. Yes. 20. 23. Fail, 17. If you fail, you fall prone. You will take 10 bludgeoning damage and are unable to take reactions as the worm moves over to Perix, provoking attacks of opportunity from both Fikara and Solorin. Nat 20. Woo! 16. 16 does not hit, the 20 will. Oh my god. Max damage on both dice. 22 points of piercing damage. David is moving with a swagger that I don't know that I have ever seen. David, I am... We're going to have a talk about how much damage you do, because I'm pretty sure everything up till now has been halved solely by you. <clears throat> Perix, your prone froggy body looks like a delicious snack. Bring it. Join me. <laughs> <laughs> does a 23 hit? You know, Brian, it really does. <laughs> I need a dexterity saving throw at a disadvantage, please. Everyone think good dreams. A nine. You will take a surprisingly small amount of 13 piercing damage as you are also swallowed by the worm. Do I meet a friend inside? 
No, you are more than five feet apart. <laughs> Lorzatch. Lorzatch, as an action, repositions the moonbeam, keeping it trained right on top of this worm. Will the worm please make a constitution saving throw? 21. And the worm will take 11 radiant damage. Lorzatch puts some distance between himself and the worm, and that is the end of his turn. Top of the order, Fakara, you have seen two of your companions gobbled up by this thing. Fakara just screams out, No! Give me back my friends! And runs up and just uses both her action and bonus action to wail into this piece of undead filth. Net 20, 26, and a 14. Uh, everything but the 14. All right. That'll be 12 bludgeoning and 8 bludgeoning. You come running up behind this worm, chasing it all over the cavern. And though you keep wailing on it, tearing chunks of undead flesh off of this with each of your hammer strikes, you seem to not be able to dig your friends out at the moment. Xenia, beginning her turn inside of the worm, will take 13 acid damage. Um, like I said, Senia for some reason is enjoying the enclosed space right now. She's had a lot of stress lately. She's still feeling really at the top of her game. So she rolls up her sleeves, rubs her hands on her wet pants, and throws the spiciest lightning bolt she can muster. Will you please make a dexterity saving throw? 18. Sure, but... I can't miss so far on these dex throws. Well, you were you were doing worse at closer to the beginning. So. I was. It's had a snack and, and buffed up some energy. It will take 12 points of lightning damage. Alrighty. Perix. As you begin your turn inside the rotted gut of a worm, you will take 17 acid damage. Uh, Perix finding himself inside a worm would be fascinated if it wasn't terrifying and also undead. There's a lot of reasons why it's not great. And he thinks he hears some kind of zapping happening somewhere inside this experience and thinks, Perception check. Perix does not hear any zapping coming from inside this experience, uh, but thinks to himself, you know what? I could use a good old lightning bolt right now, and thinks, hey, worm, make a dexterity saving throw, please. 18. Damn it! <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. I swear to God, you're going to start dropping them when I'm down to first level spells. I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> And the worm will take 13 points of lightning damage. Saloran. Saloran slides to his right, leveling a hit with the Morningstar as he goes. 14 to hit. Miss. Misses, but he takes it back and tries again. 24. Yes. He will also hit it with a divine smite. Eight piercing damage plus 13 radiant damage. And that will be his last spell slot. That's my turn. The worm, beginning its turn inside of a moonbeam, will attempt a constitution saving throw. A 16. 
and the worm will take 19 radiant damage. The worm then slinks over for another snack. Fikara and Salorin, please make dexterity saving throws. You get a plus five, Fikara. Yay, thank you. That will be a 22. 21. You're both fine. However, the worm is going to slink over and try and take a bite out of Lorzach, provoking an attack of opportunity from both Salorin and Fikara. 22. 21. Both hit. 12 piercing. 13 bludgeoning. That's a great opportunity attack hit, y'all. I love 25 points on an opportunity reaction. Mm -hmm. Lorzach, it rolls an 11 to hit. It misses. Lorzach, you're up. Lorzach, as an action, will relocate the moonbeam. It's settling right back up on top of its carapace. And will the worm please make a constitution saving throw? 23. And the worm will take nine radiant damage. End of turn. Fikara. Quit running away, you cowardice worm! Got him. And Fikara will cast Guiding Bolts for an 11. Miss. All right, that's great. The holy fire of the Boros Legion goes ripping through this worm, seemingly undeterred, but also doing very little. And then Fikara will run up to the worm and take her last swing at it with the Sunforger. For 23. Yeah. And seven bludgeoning. Xenia. As you begin your turn inside of a rotting worm, you will take 22 acid damage. And Xenia, albeit peacefully, loses consciousness. Unbeknownst to anyone else. Perix, as you begin your turn inside of a rotting worm, you will take 19 acid damage. Perix inside the worm is feeling all sorts of overwhelmed, and he's trying to summon a little bit more crackling lightning energy, but he can't quite hold on to the grasp of it, and he slips unconscious. Unbeknownst to your companions, you are on your way to being devoured. Thanks, Brian. Solorin. Solorin charges up next to Fakara and says, It's a cowardly worm, not a cowardice worm, hitting it with the morning star. 27 to hit. Yep. 12 piercing damage. Swinging again. 21 to hit. Yes. 9 piercing damage. And that is all I can do. (sighs) On the worm's turn, it shifts 5 feet to its right, forcing everyone still outside the worm to make a dexterity saving throw. Five for Kara. 22. 20. 21. You're all still on your feet. However, it will take damage from the moonbeam in some capacity. Its constitution saving throw is a 23. And it will take 12 radiant damage. It will then attempt to swallow Lorzach. An 18 to hit. That will hit. You will take 24 piercing damage as you are chomped. Are you still up? Yes. Dexterity saving throw, please. 
Nat 20. Yay! Lorzatch, you're up. With the moonbeam still in position overhead, Lorzatch reaches out, his index finger suddenly developing these thick, crusted calluses, small fungal filaments sprouting from beneath his epidermis, and he bores into the giant gargantuan worm before him with his finger and strikes it with primal savagery. For a natural 20. For 19 points of acid damage. How does it happen? Lorzatch realizes that not only does this work, he's able to split its belly open from the point he inserted it down to where its cloaca would be, soft, squishy guts spilling onto the cavern floor below. Without any vocal cords or maw left to make a sound, the undead worm oozes dust skyward and crumples into a thunderous mess on the bottom of this cavern floor. Those of you outside can clearly tell you have defeated this creature. However, you have no signs of your friend. And without any indication that spells are still firing off inside of this thing, they may very well be dead. We are going to maintain initiative order as two of you are dying. Vicara. Vicara just is so excited that the worm is down, but she's so concerned that her friends didn't fall out. She's just going to take all of the adrenaline that she has and all of the anger and all of the frustration that she's had over the last however many months and just say, no, you will not take my friends and rip open the hole that Lorzach made in order to dig through and hoof through all of this grossness to get at her friends. Perception, please. Uh, Twelve. You tear open a chunk of this worm and find no one. Xenia, as you begin your turn inside of the worm, you receive acid damage and therefore one automatic fail. Shit. Please make a death save throw. Fail. You have two fails. Perix, as you begin your turn inside of the worm, you have one automatic fail. Success. You have one success, one fail. Saloran. Completely drained and exhausted, he drops his Morningstar, he drops his shield, and plunges in to try to find the bodies of Xenia and Perix. 21. I rolled 21 on perception as I'm digging through the guts. Okay. Odds, you find Xenia. Evens, you find Parrot. It's a two. You peel through this rotted worm, digging as your action, and you peel away this dead flesh and oozing acid as it begins to stain your armor. And you find a Vidalcan, and wiping off the muck, you find the unconscious body of Perix. No sign of Xenia. Lorzach. With one accounted for and the other missing, Lorzach feels he only has one choice. 
closing his eyes and reaching out, sensing a fifth person in this chamber. He casts Mass Cure Wounds on everyone in the party. And the entire party will regain 20 hit points. Perix, you awaken in the arms of the caring Saloran. Xenia, you awaken in the black. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the peace that Xenia had been feeling as she slowly suffocated inside of this worm has dissolved, and you just hear her screaming bloody murder, as muffled as it is. Yeah, what you gonna give me again? All right. You take 17 acid damage as you sit in there. Um, you, you may attempt to claw yourself out at those measly three hit points. Can I cast Can I cast false life on myself first? Yeah. Okay, so Xenia, again, you still hear this muffled just screaming. Who knows if even if she gets out, she'll be mentally stable enough to continue. This has been a pretty huge nightmare. But she, as she screams, just lays her hands over her eyes and casts false life as a fourth level spell on herself for 20 healing points. And as she gains about mm, a third of her health back, I mean, she's pretty weak, but she's making her way out of this worm. Lorzach and Fikara, please give me perception checks. <laughs> Fakara, you pick up on the screaming immediately. You hear this muffled churning, and you can see the sort of writhing, bulbous part of the worm much farther away than you thought you would be digging for her. I can hear her screaming. I can hear her. She's in there. And you just see Fakara dive into the gross, nasty, smelling, decaying, acidy bowels of this beast and start climbing her way up into the beast in order to find the still screaming Xenia. I'm coming for you! (laughs) Meanwhile, during this very emotionally wrought occurrence, as soon as Perix's eyes open, Saloran drops him. (laughs) You are not the one I was digging for. As Parrix hits the ground, he quietly splashes acid onto Saloran's armor in order to tarnish his boots forever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you find her, you peel her out. You feel this strong grip on your foot, and it just pulls you out. And in the in this gloop on the ground, <laughs> great word. So still muffled, Sonia is still quietly screaming to herself. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Ah, it's okay, Sonia. And just rocking back and forth. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. To self-soothe. <laughs> oh my it's god. It's okay. It's okay. You're gonna be fine, Sonia. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> Deep underground, covered in undead. Gloop is probably the worst 
physical condition for an is it mage I can imagine. Yeah, she's had she has had enough. She has had enough. She gets to her feet and she starts running for the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I follow Zenya. <laughs> I grab my gear and go. Perix moves faster than anyone else, so uh, he's, you know, loping along with little flip-flop slaps. I need survival checks from everybody. Because you have no idea how long you've been down here. Ten. Now I roll a fucking 18. Twenty. (laughs) Oh, not twenty! Yadgar is just too invigorated. Seventeen. Thirteen. Sub twelve, you have a level of exhaustion. As the trudge is slow, direct, but slow, and difficult, and weary, and for some of you, exhausted. As anyone keeping note realizes, it takes you the better part of seven hours to climb back to the surface. When you breach the sky onto an otherwise relatively fair weather day, all you can hear across Ravnica are thousands and thousands of screaming people. On the next Encounter Party! The long-earned victory is short-lived as our players must rush to warn Ravnica of the ensuing zombie horde. Can they help stem the tide? And will their message to the Boros make it in time? Find out next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media based on the worlds of Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Serge Narcissoff and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. So I've got to go fast because there's a dagger being held to my throat. I don't understand most of this, but subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us, join us on the book of faces, whatever that means to you. There's Twitter as well. There's Instagram, apparently. And for news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. I hope that made sense to you. It made zero sense to me. Can I live now? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.